Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This week, my guest is Richard Ventura. Rich, 25 years in the business. you got to be a master of your craft at this point, and all indications are there. So master of the craft, master of teaching the craft, building a team, building a book. This is going to be a good conversation. I'm going to have fun with this one. Absolutely. Thank you. So different broker owners, uh, they, they come at this business in different ways. And uh, some of them are peer managers running a team of agents. They don't write a mortgage themselves. In fact, some of them, some of them have never written a mortgage themselves, uh, but they're great business people. Uh, then there's the, the group that, I, I guess, at the other end of the segment, uh, we could say our other end of the spectrum, that run a great business, run a great personal practice, a great book of their own, and try to build the team, but have trouble stepping away from their clients to manage the team. And the team kind of winds up struggling. And, you know, you've got these two sort of polar ends where one person's too buried in their own book to help the agents. And the other one doesn't have that, that visceral raw experience themselves to really, really relate necessarily. And, and then there's the outliers that, that do remarkably well in, in either category. Um, but then Coming up the middle is the more balanced, steady approach of I've got a nice solid book of business. I'm building a nice solid team. We're not adding 25 new agents uh, this year. We're adding two, maybe five, probably two. And uh, and I, I think, you know, I'll let you speak to it, but I think that's been more the, the slow and steady pace has been what you've been about. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're not we're in this business, you know, we want to have great teams so that we can give the community and consumers the best. And yeah, I'm very picky uh, when it's building a team. Uh, my goals normally is to add two, two per year, um, just to make sure that, you know, they're ready, uh, make sure that they have a lot of experience. Um, there's any teachable moments uh, that we can grow their business and add value. Uh, that's the kind of uh, kind of spark that I'm looking for when I'm interviewing uh, new agents to start. Um, I, I tried before, you know, doing, you know, add the quantity and they were in and out very quickly. And uh, so we took a very different approach. And uh, today I'd probably say you got to really impress me in order to, really be a part of our family here. Well, it's probably a little bit like anything where, you know, after a few hundred mortgage applications, uh, maybe more, maybe less, but but let's, let's say around 300, 300 to 500 mortgage applications. At that point, you do become somewhat good at credit profiling to the extent that within the first five words sometimes, but sometimes no more than two or three sentences, of conversation with a person, you know their credit score within 25 points, one way or the other. You just know it. And uh, it's, it's almost uh, an embarrassing party trick because you don't, you know, somebody might be, yeah, guess mine. Uh, you know what? I kind of don't want to do that here out loud in a credit room. But you know, <laughs> as, as a broker, that's a thing you develop. And I think as a team lead, what you, what it sounds to me like you've developed is through that interview, you pretty much know like this person is going to make it and these other three or four, not so much. And, and, it, and you, there's all the, it's almost like on a subconscious level, but there's all the little tells like playing poker practically. Oh, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's the key conversations that you have 
when interviewing, right? Uh, there are certain keywords that a lot of people use, and then you can kind of get gauge, you know, where they're at and, you know, are they ready or are they not ready? Is this part-time? Is this full-time? And you, you see a lot of it when you start asking those questions, right? And, and calling it out really, because again, you want, you know, the quality and everybody looks for quality, right? So, and, then, and that's not easy to find nowadays, but there's still plenty out there, right? And it all depends again on how you present to them um, and vice versa, you know, for you, for them to join the family as well, right? So. Well, I'll never forget the individual that told me uh, they, they got in the business because of my driveway, because they saw a couple of cars that uh, I'm a car guy. And I, I, I had a moment back in 2012 where, you know, first sort of moment in my life, uh, 41 years old, where I felt truly financially stable and felt like I had a little bit of leftover money and uh, put a couple of nice cars in the driveway. Um, re- responsibly. I mean, I sold one of them a year later for a small profit. So it was uh, you know, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I worked, worked out okay. Uh, had I kept that car to today, I'd actually double my money on it because, well, that's COVID. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, ironically, I could have driven it for 10 years and, and got double what I paid 10 years ago for it, which is painful. Uh, but the individual said to me, I knew I wanted to be a broker when I saw your driveway. Like, yeah, that's, that's not a good sign. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and indeed within two years, they, they flamed out. And, uh, and, and, and what you see, I think a lot of the time is that, that desire for the income piece that someone has achieved after 10 years or, you know, five to seven to 10 years of grinding it out in this industry and they don't have the stamina, the drive, the desire, the brain damage, whatever it might be that that allows us to just, you know, basically get kicked in the teeth over and over for the first year, two, three, four. Like it's, you know, I, th- I think so many people after that first three to five years in this business where it's such a difficult grind for most, mm-hmm. uh, I think they, they, they spend the next five years just expecting it to stop. Right. Like next year won't be as good as this year. This year won't be as good as last year. Like the music's about to stop, you know, because those first years are so difficult. And so you're looking for that person. I, I would suspect that just they've got you can see they have that intrinsic drive. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. They, you know what? You can tell, you know, who's who's ready for it and not. Like uh, we see a lot of the people calls all the time. I just got my license. You know, I want to be a part of your team. But I don't want to give up my full-time job here because I don't know where I'm going to go. And it's like, okay, so there's one indicator red flag, right? And then you have the others that, you know, like, this is my business. Like, I've had a recent interview today, like, spreadsheets, old school PowerPoints, all that stuff. And this is what I want to do with this business. And then all of a sudden, that conversation warranted another meeting, you know, to talk a little bit more. So, yeah, it's people, you know... Have it, people dream that you know it's a get rich scheme uh very quickly in our industry but it's not it takes a lot of hard work uh pounding the pavement heck man i remember back in the day for me you know i took the phone book okay let's start with letter a and before all that uh laws came into place and eventually one person will hit and i did so many neighborhood walks uh, today it's not positioned that way right so you do have to have a lot of planning in place. And that's one thing that we coach here 
um, to our, our team is, you know, we all have to do plans and you have to show your plans to be successful and it's going to be a grind. So you got to be prepared to invest in yourself, to, you know, work that grind. Well, and I think that's the key, right? I mean, you're, it sounds like you're positioning yourself as the coach of the team and, and holding them accountable on a regular, like, are you doing the drills? Are you doing the drills? I, you got to measure everything, right? So, <laughs> yeah. and and you you've been around the block enough times with with agents to know that like onboarding and then getting them set up that's a huge amount of work. And once that happens, and then things don't work out, to offload them is a whole nother amount of real estate in your brain consumed. And uh, it's kind of no different than the, the, for the agents listening. When you have that little voice in the back of your head saying, this is not a client I should work with. This is going to be a problem client. You're so much better, as difficult as it can be, to just rip the Band-Aid off and break up with that person early on rather than let it go. Because it just gets more and more difficult the deeper in you get. And a fast no. We all want a fast no, but most of us are uncomfortable delivering a fast no. I agree with that statement, hundred uh, percent. Exactly, and it's the same thing when you're looking at building your team, right? Um, again, uh, you can tell who are the go-getters and not, and it's it's okay to actually say no when you're building a team, and it's it's the hardest thing to do and say, right? And uh, you know, I've had my challenges in the beginning uh, when I when I first uh, grew my team. Um, it was hard to say no because you wanted to build right away, but you know what? Sometimes you'll get better quality, better results if you're a little bit patient and, you know, actually look for something better. Really no different, right? So, yeah, I agree with your statement there. Do you use any of the uh, personality assessment tools? Like I talk about the DISC a lot. Do you ever use that with anyone uh, that's applied? Uh, sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Actually, one of my uh, former agents, actually, he used to teach this, uh, the DISC assessment. And, uh, I learned a little bit about it and I found like for myself, I was a very high strung D and, um, you know, high five, <laughs> high five right. Uh, and I needed to really adapt to learning the others, right. So that I can have really good conversations and adapt to their languages, right. On how they perceive things. Right. So, uh, it was, it was a great eye opener for myself, but you know what, I was more successful when you're looking at behavioral problem solving questions, um, to look at growing your team and getting people to really tell you, you know, uh, this is what I would do, or this is how I would react. This is how I would grow a business. If things went bad, this is what I'm going to do. Right. So it's, uh, it's a very different approach. We have to be a little bit more picky because a lot of people love coming into our industry and not everybody is willing to invest in it. Right. And I always say to my, to my agents that start, you know, if you put in 37 minutes, of business development for you to get business, you're only going to get paid for those 37 minutes. Like for me, and I've been in the industry for a long time, you know, I still put in many hours of work uh, day in and day out um, to make sure that the brokerage is running smoothly and to make sure my team is okay and make sure that they have good support. Um, but for business development for myself, I make sure that those hours are put in as well so that we continue to grow the portfolios and the database and the business so we have good years. Well, and and personal development is business development. You know, and, and 
honing your own communication styles, not just verbally, but written and that sort of thing. Like the, those things matter, leveling up your own skills as much as possible. And, and the disc, it's, it's funny because I've been perceived uh, by people to be a real strong C, like a, that, that Bill Gates, you know, engineer mentality, mm-hmm. super organized, everything else. And I'm like, yeah, no, my, my C score is like rock bottom. I'm, I'm all D and I. <laughs> I'm so, so far gone on the D side that I knew I had to get organized to win. So, exactly. so driven to win, I knew that I had to embrace, you know, some of this C stuff over here. And of course, the best way to do that is outsource it to a strong C. Exactly. And you know what? That's so key. It is so key for business growth is to outsource people that are specialists in in, in those uh, areas, right? So, um, I'm, you know, I could probably say that I'm slowly doing that, trusting more a little bit in, into you know some of that experience. It's not easy, but you know what? It actually worked out really well um, here. Um, it allows me to again go out and be in front of people, the industry. Um, and the community as well, right? So it's so important. Well, I'll give you two lines uh, that, that you'll, you you may, you may decide you like these and you want to use them. So number one, um, I get it, Rich. Nobody else can order an appraisal the way you order an appraisal. So you can't let go, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, I get that all the time. Right. So, so I, I, I've used that one with lots of brokers I've interacted with over the years. Like, you know, just to point out the sort of the silliness of some of the things we, we cling to. Um, but the other one that, that I've always enjoyed, and, and people listening will probably, some people will nod and smile and get a laugh at this. The, the interview question that I've used in the past uh, to sort of distill the likelihood of success in brokering. Rich, let me ask you have you ever gotten home at the end of the day? and found a slice in your pant leg and actually it sliced your leg, whatever it was you caught your leg on. And there's like a little bit of dried blood there, like actually ripped your pants, ripped your leg open, bled a little bit. And you have no idea where that happened because you were just going. If yeah, yes, no, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Yes. Right. I, I knew you would be. And so if yes, you're going to be okay in this business because you're goal oriented. Like you're not getting distracted by little things. You're not stopping like, oh no, now I have to take my, I got to go home. I got to change. I got to drop these at the tailor. Like, no, like you, you didn't even notice, you know? And then when you do notice, you just kind of shrug and hang them back on the hanger and they get, they get dealt with at some point. Oh, exactly. <laughs> no, definitely. That's me <laughs> to a T. So 2019, let's talk a little bit about the pace of the business. You know, 2019, I think, was a year like so many years before it, just kind of slow and steady. And yeah, the broker market share grew by 1.2%. You know, we were just inching along as we had been. And we're in a pretty comfortable spot, you know, arguably about a $100 billion slice of a $400 billion pie, the mortgage market. But then we hit 2020. And everyone went, whoa. And then, of course, by Q2, whoosh, everybody leaned in and it just went. And, and Q3 and Q4. And we thought, okay, wow, that was unbelievable. Then 2021, a whole bunch of people who just had their best year ever in business, business-wise in 2020, suddenly doubled their 2020 results in 2021. 
And of course, at the end of the year, as most brokers do, we have our our, our ritualistic uh, New Year's Eve conversation with ourselves about, well, that's it. I mean, there's no way next year it's going to be anything like last year. It's all over now, probably. You know, it's just going to be crickets on, on Monday morning when I go in. 2022, here we are two months in to the day. Uh, and it seems by all accounts to be shaping up to be another year of growth on top of 2021's numbers. Um, for as, as you were, and I were chatting about, I mean, growth for our brand, growth for your company, growth for your book, book personally so far. Where do you see this, this going? I mean, is there a point where you envision it slowing or easing up or what, what's your forecast? Oh, great. Uh, yeah, uh, it is busy. Um, we still can see, uh, continue to see massive growth in 2022, only because you're starting to see different, uh, our lending community change a lot as well, especially on the alternative side. Um, everybody's kind of fighting in that A space for the amount of inventory that's available for mortgaging, for especially for purchases. Um, but you're starting to see kind of a shift um, between all mortgage brokers out there, everybody's hopping on that alternative mortgage bandwagon where it's a little bit more common sense lending and they are swamped as well. So we feel actually we're going to see good growth in 2022. Um, we're actually ourselves, we're about 13% up from last year. Um, and 2021 was actually a strong, strong year. So we had great growth in uh, 2021. So we don't see it, uh, leveling out just yet we'll probably still see that in the next two years where hopefully things will start to normalize in the market a little bit um, allowing maybe supply and maybe some government restrictions to start balancing things out bring the market into balance um, but we don't we're still seeing a high demand um, in 2022 for um a lot of mortgages, especially uh, for people today on the refinancing side and home renovation side, uh, you're starting to see a very big pickup in that. Um, so we're seeing growth in 2022 and 2023. Um, we don't think it's going to level off at that point um, in 2023 either. So it'll be still pretty consistent growth. Well, my crystal ball isn't that uh, that clear that far out, but I, I, I'm not too sure uh... I want to start predicting 2023 just yet, but I, I'm, I'm gathering intel. So I will I will take your positive vibes and, and add those to the equation. Because, uh, but but certainly, yeah, I, I feel that 2022 uh, very much the same as you. I mean, we're 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 up 18 percent year over year. We're we're rocking right along, and I think the only thing that's really going to impact that. No, it's not interest rates. Interest rates aren't going to impact that. There's no amount of movement that the Fed could implement. Uh, in 2022 that would would actually have a, a negative impact on the real estate market. So I'm not worried about interest rates. But as I've said, for 10 years running, uh, at this point, I think my, my greatest fear is always the same. It's government overregulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really felt like the stress test was a step too far. Uh, we did not need to restrict Canadians borrowing power by 35%, which was roughly what that did. That was a massive pullback in purchasing power for the middle class and the lower middle class in particular. Uh, For people who are working hard for their money, they just had their ability to purchase cut back so drastically. And now we're really seeing the fallout 
And you you touch on it in what you just said. We're we're now looking sort of in, at mortgage volume. Uh, there's a fundamental shift where we have these A minus lenders, like B plus plus, A minus, A minus minus. So they're not A, they're not B. They're they're slotting right in between there, and they're doing the higher LTVs. They're focused on higher credit scores, but they're logic based. They'll listen to the whole story, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I think that's a, a an area, an opportunity for significant growth in the mortgage space, and it's all that equity that's locked into otherwise stellar applicants' properties, but that stellar applicant cannot access that capital due to stress test B twenty guidelines, etc., uh, that are over the top in so many ways. So. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, we have, like I said, great opportunity, right? Uh, because the market is still strong. And, you know, there's so many solutions out there now that if, if you're not experienced in it, you should be. Yeah, the innovation uh, that we're really going to see the rubber hit the road over the, in particular over the next few months with some, some really interesting lenders just stepping into the space with some very, very interesting uh, value propositions. That's going to be exciting stuff. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit on the quiet side right now, but that'll get talked about very soon. But uh, if you know, you know, there's some good stuff coming. Oh, there's a lot of research out there and uh, a lot of lenders looking at things a little bit different. And yeah, they want to get into that market. So it's it's out there. That's for sure. No doubt about it. Well, Rich, I said we'd, we'd target 25 minutes. We're, we're, we're kind of close. Uh, any additional pandemic survival tips or anything else that you'd like to, to, to share with us? Uh, you know, you, you seem to have come through about the other side of this two-year experience uh, smiling and, and pretty happy. Uh, you know what, all I tell uh, like our, our team here, you know, think outside the box um, when you're doing your business, you know, um, really become annoying so that people are attracted to you. If you follow the herd, the herd's all going to go over the cliff and you all go together. We start thinking of things a little bit different and really, uh, you know, do things different that really attracts, you know, uh, business and it attracts, you know, attention to you. That's where things become, uh, you know, really good. Um, you know, everybody seems to follow everybody else. You know what? Look at yourself first, right? And do what you do best for you forget about the person that's doing well as well. It's not you, you focus in on you. And one thing um, I always say too, and this is a focus uh, at the brokerage here is personal development. You know what? Learn to, you know, try to stay happy, well-rested and good health. Um, it's so important because when you start sharing the happiness and stuff like that, you'll see it in your business results as well. Um, so personal development to me is so important to, uh, agents and brokers um, and leaders, you know, it's super important to make sure that you are mentally and physically, you know, healthy and happy so that you can share all that happiness and, you know, good energy with your teams um, and your family and your agents and the community. Um, people perceive when you're run out of uh, gas or run out of energy, and then, you know, they might not trust that anymore. So here there's a big focus on personal development to make sure that everybody is doing okay. The pandemic hit everybody hard in many ways. 
right? And um, the key is we all listen to each other, you know, try to help out the best we can and encourage, you know, personal development so that you can move forward with good energy so that you have good business. There's some sage words of advice. And uh, you know, it reminds me of a, a client of mine that was a police officer at the time. And uh, I remember he'd picked up a bunch of food from uh, like a bunch of protein powder and creatine and all these supplements and everything. And that was like 20 years ago when, when the, the, the supplement craze was just getting going. And uh, I was like, whoa, man, that stuff's pretty spendy. And he says, my body is a top fuel dragster. Only the finest fuel goes into it. And, uh, and he says, and that's why I read a book a week as well, because my brain says my body, I chase the bad guy with my brain, I outthink the bad guy with. And uh, I always remember that that conversation, it's, it's stuck with me, like, there's a guy that was like, super focused on being the best at his job. You know, mind you, his job was one where he could be chasing a guy with a knife or a gun. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a great tip, right? And it all works together, right? So yeah, but your point on sleep and rest, yeah, these, those are vital, vital things. I mean, if you want to be a successful broker in this business, you got to have a high functioning brain. So it better be well rested. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Rich, I can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, as thank always, you for having me. Thank it's you so much. Banner year. I agree with you. And uh, well, we'll, 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 recon we'll reconvene again and uh, review our predictions now that they're documented here. We'll see if we've had the banner year we predicted. I have no doubt about it. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for having thank me. You so much. Thank you, Rick. Cheers. See you later.